0: Well, not only that, didn't you sell whatever material that was for your ass that you've been doing? <laughs> yeah, in these yeah, the videos? butt mold.
1: Somebody bought that the for fifteen mold. grand. What? Seriously? Yeah, it sold for fifteen six.
0: How is that possible?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, they should both be put on watch lists and kept close eye. That is a world famous dump truck, though.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, it...
1: that thing's literally been seen by billions billions.
0: There's definitely a collaborative opportunity with you and Kim Kardashian. I yeah, I know.
1: I don't think her she's got agents who would not let me within 100 yards of her for sure. So
0: So this is the start to the launch of the campaign to get Kim Kardashian to collaborate with Frankie mm-hmm. LaPena.
2: Everyone tag Kim K.
1: People would on the internet would lose their minds if that happened.
0: Hey guys, I'm Arya.
2: And I'm Christina.
0: And we are your hosts at the Film Up Podcast, where we explore the stories of accomplished filmmakers and creatives and their road to success. Each podcast is dedicated to a nonprofit of our guest choosing. The goal here is for the Film Up Podcast to help filmmakers and help the world at the same time. We believe you can do both. Today, we are thrilled to be joined by Frankie LaPena. Welcome. Howdy, thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Excited to be here.
2: For those of you who don't know, Frankie is a professional influencer and filmmaker. He has become an overnight viral sensation in just one year. He has grown over 2.7 million followers across his socials, and his content has over a billion plus views. USA Today recently referred to him as the Zoom King for his extreme Zoom videos. And he also recently created the number one performing post the NFL has ever shared, driving 275 million views and over 11 million engagements. This is just one of the many other amazing videos we will chat about during this episode. Frankie is also a big supporter of Toys for Tots, a nonprofit which distributes toys to children whose parents cannot afford to buy them gifts during the holidays. So he is dedicating this episode to their organization. You can learn more by going to toysfortots.org, and we will also list all the details in the description of this episode.
0: Frankie, thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm going to chat about some great stuff.
0: Well, it's super awesome to have you on the podcast, and it really is a privilege. You've done an incredible job with your account and the content that you share and have found a ton of success. But one of the ways that we like to start off this podcast before going into some of your accomplishments is where you started off. So we would like to learn a bit more about the story of where you began your filmmaking career and really what got you into being a creator in the first place.
1: I got a uh, like a Handycam for Christmas as a present and was absolutely instantly obsessed with it. I was filming everything, documenting everything that was happening, it, even if it was just complete nonsense happening around the house with the neighborhood guys. And since I got that camera, I never stopped all the way through middle school to high school, to college, I kept escalating uh, with making videos of different various things, whether it, whether it was snowboarding or, or videos of cars. I was super into the automotive scene. I'd go to a bunch of car meets and like do little collages, a bunch of different clips of cars accelerating, exhaust sounds, stuff like that, silly stuff. Um, Cause that's what I was into when I was 18 years old. I was obsessed with the Jackass guys and the Nitro Circus guys. The uh, everything I tried doing with my videos in the beginning was pretty much trying to replicate what they were doing and being crazy, which is exactly what they tell you not to do. (laughs) A disclaimer in the beginning of their their TV shows is do not try this at home. That's exactly what me and the guys did.
0: Do those videos still exist?
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) yes. They're uh, deep on Vimeo. They're outrageous. I can share them with you here. I'm jumping stuff. I'm jumping over things that are on fire.
0: And so you went from, from making those videos to, to then what?
1: So got my handy cam when I was 12 years old, 2009, through high school, acquired a couple more cameras and was still videoing everything that happened. So I knew exactly what I wanted to do at college. So I went in Grand Valley State University with the intent of getting a degree in film and video, had no doubt about what I wanted to do. Once I graduated college, I graduated last April, April of 2021, and that's right around when I started posting TikToks for fun, kind of on the side in my spare time. About eight TikToks in, they started doing really, really well, and I was like, holy smokes, I should keep going with this. There's potential here. There's a lot of uh, user engagement and views. People are sharing it all over the place, and yeah, I've been doing TikTok for one year and four months only, and it's been going up like crypto. (laughs) That's how they say it.
0: So it started off with you doing TikTok videos is where you started to find that initial success.
1: Yes. So like I said, I've been posting TikToks. When I say TikToks, it's also success through Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts. Prior to that, I was doing freelance work for a creative agency called LaunchKit Design. I was the director of photography at LaunchKit. I was doing all the videos for corporate clients, website header videos, real estate videos, you name it, all sorts of non-TikTok related videos that were professional.
0: So the complete opposite of everything that you do yes. now.
1: <laughs> yes. So while I was doing uh the corporate video work for launch kit i was also posting TikToks, and so the, in the past three months like three months ago i detached myself from launch kit not detached i'm still affiliated with launch kit I'm, I'm sitting here right now but i detached from LaunchKit, kit and i'm doing my own thing i'm a full-time influencer now because there's so much success so much monetary value and so many eyeballs with the short-form videos that i'm doing it's a standalone business like i can be a full time influencer now. I can pay the bills and make things happen without having to do a regular corporate job making videos at LaunchKit.
0: That's amazing. And how did LaunchKit feel? Like when they started to see those first videos going out, did you tell them that you were going to be making those or did they one day no. just start
1: seeing them? <laughs> Kevin, the owner of LaunchKit, Initially, he thought it was complete nonsense, and it was in the beginning. It was complete nonsense because <laughs> you never know what where it's gonna go, and people frown frown upon TikTokers, and a lot of times they have valid reasons too. But uh, Kevin was like, "Dude, what are you what are you doing with these TikToks? You should be." focused on the corporate videos and client projects and formal formal video work. And it wasn't detracting too much. Like I'd only post every other two days, something from my mom's basement, literally just a silly video of me doing something that I thought was funny. And it took about eight videos for one of them to really blow up. It was when I was taking a zoom call from a car and that video just went mega viral, totally nuclear shared on every single platform you can imagine it was people were sending me it from meme apps from the main page of reddit wow. from youtube and facebook and all these platforms that i had never even shared it to and it was performing really well on all of them because it was it was a perfect timing right it was right at the beginning of 2021 things were still kind of locked down people were doing a lot of virtual call work mm-hmm. and it was super relatable no one had done it yet no one had executed one of those the green screen chroma key concepts and changed the background so so once Kevin saw that, he said, he took note of that. He's like, wow, okay, well, there's there's something here that's getting that much attention. He kind of like saw the vision, you know, he kind of believed in it to a degree. Once I had to prove myself, I had to prove it to myself and to other people, like, you know what I mean? Because in the beginning, it's, there's nothing there unless you're getting performance. So where did the initial idea come from for the green screen video
0: chat concept?
1: So it was a real life problem that I came up came up with a solution to essentially I was still in school at Grand Valley doing my undergrad and I had in-person classes I had virtual classes and there was two classes back-to-back one of them was in person and one of them was virtual there was a 10-minute window or a 15-minute window in between when I left the in-person class to hop on the virtual class and I lived 30 minutes away from campus so I couldn't make the 15 minute gap to get home because I'd have to be on class. And I didn't want to sit on campus for two hours, for a two hour class on my computer. I wanted to go home. And so I set <laughs> set up my laptop on the dash of my car. And I would keep my webcam off at first and keep myself on mute and just hope that I wouldn't get called on and then make the drive home. And then right when I got home, disassemble, reconnect to the at home Wi-Fi, and turn on my webcam. So the more I did it, I thought, how can I make, I, I would need, I needed my webcam on, I needed to be able to talk. So then I, I thought, what if I put a green screen and mount a webcam and really make it believable? So then I did. And I only got called on one time. The professor called on me and she said to me, she she's like, it sounds like you're in a car. I was like, oh, that's weird. and answered the question quickly I forget what it was and was shit in my pants and then (laughs) muted myself quickly and uh, that was the end of that I only got called on one time all semester with because because I was only on the call in the car for 30 minutes so I had to get home
0: and somewhere along the way you realized it was funny yeah and when you realized it was funny you said hey I gotta share this with the world I need to make a clip of this this scenario
1: yeah. So I just recorded it in a cul-de-sac and posted it on TikTok. And this was really early on too. I only had TikTok for like a few months. Didn't really have any followers. And then it just, uh, the first one got uh, flagged actually and didn't really perform too well on my account. I think it only got like 400,000 views because it got a little uh, flag saying can calls adverse health effects. And then the, the algorithm will yank you. It'll yank you out of the algorithm and it'll shadow ban you or whatever. So it stopped at like 400,000 views, but those 400,000 people that saw it then shared it and downloaded it and reshared it to a bunch of other platforms where it went totally, totally nuclear.
0: It's nuts because here you are with that initial idea and concept, and now you're sitting here with the number one most viewed video for the NFL in history Mm. with 275 million views. That's insane. How was that for you as you saw those numbers? Was it surreal? Did you get any feeling from that?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had graduated from my undergrad six months prior to that point, and was not even in the TikTok game yet i was still completely unsure what i wanted to do or where i would go in my professional career and if you had asked me when i was graduated in april of 2021 what i would be doing i would have never have said i'd be a TikToker making several several hundred million hit view videos for the nfl i would have said you're crazy so it's just like the reality of that time frame is Uh, six months, going from that to that is completely bananas and is unreal.
0: Well, I have to tell you for your next viral hit, I think something to the effect of starting off a podcast call and everything that can go wrong does go wrong would be an incredible storyline down to the landlord (laughs) knocking on the door to check the like air conditioning. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah,
1: I'm going to have to do that.
2: Yeah. and. For these videos, do you shoot them on an iPhone? Like what setup do you have for actually shooting you in these different scenarios?
1: It is, so I usually have one video operator that's shooting on a DSLR. It uses a Canon R6. I also have a Lumix S1. DSLR camera that I mount to my PVC rig that's used as a high quality webcam. And then I also am running a screen recording of the laptop call, the virtual call on the laptop. And I sometimes also use a chest mount that I'm like a GoPro chest mount I'm recording on or a head mount that I'm recording on. So there's like five camera angles.
2: It's a lot of content.
1: Yeah. It's like five camera angles and there's also audio and syncing it. It's that's why no one's been able to replicate it really. It's so complex. It's harder than it looks. Yes. Yeah. People are like, how is he doing this? They don't... I've only seen two people pull it off somewhat well. It was Dylan Francis, that DJ. was still pretty underwhelming. Uh, he did it when he was on a, a stage in front of a big audience DJing. Like right after the Monday Night Football one drop that I made for the Ravens in the NFL, he made that. And he was <laughs> like, has anyone done this before? And I was like, you bastard, you know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> but... Uh, but no, it's awesome. He, like the biggest form of flattery is imitation, right? So yep. Dylan Francis and then one other skier, a skier in Sweden, he killed it. He did one skiing, sending it off a big jump and he made his own. And he credited me and he showed himself making a rig alongside. He was like studying one of my videos. He's studying my rig that I made. and He made his own. It was cool. That's awesome. But Only two people have been able to kind of replicate it. I'm sure a lot more have tried.
2: I bet. And um, I have so many questions, but I have to ask, did you recently sell your mustache?
1: (laughs) I did in the spring or summer of last year. I think it was July.
2: Can you walk us through that? (laughs) Like, what what was that?
1: Yeah, I I see all these influencers online selling merch, like T-shirts and hats and whatnot, and I always... I'm so turned off by it and never, it's never, I would never buy any, even my favorite influencer, I'd never buy a t-shirt from them. It just does not appeal to me. It's not cool. It's not uh, an attractive thought. And so I thought, how can I, I'm an influencer now. How can I sell merch? What can I sell? What can I, how can I be different? And I I realized people are obsessed with my mustache on the internet. Like people commenting about it and fantasizing about it and talking highly about it bunch of people. I guess most people can't grow a killer mustache, apparently. And they all hold mine in very high regard. So I was thinking, man, how can I sell this? I don't remember exactly when the thought came to me, but I said to myself, what if I glued it, disassembled it, reassembled it, and glued it onto a portrait that was scaled to size of my face in real life? Like, would that be possible? (laughs) And then it's like, all right, screw it. We're going to try it. And me and uh, my video guys sat down. I shaved it off, collected it in a bowl, and then dumped it out on a paper plate. And then went to Walmart to get a photo printed, scaled it properly, framed it, and then started gluing that sucker on there. <laughs> it turned out phenomenal. Like it looks looks superb. Looks it look, from a you can't even tell that it's a real mustache from a distance. It looks like uh, it looks like it had pixels.
2: Is it now hanging in someone's living room? Do you know where it is?
1: Yeah, that person should be questioned. (laughs) That person should be definitely put on a watch list. (laughs) Well, not only
0: that, didn't you sell whatever material that was for your ass that you've been doing? Yeah, yeah, the butt mold.
1: Somebody bought that for 15 grand. Seriously? Yeah, it sold for 15.6.
0: How is that possible? (laughs) Oh yeah, they
1: should both be put on watch lists and kept close eye.
0: Was there was there like a bidding war?
1: Yeah, it was uh thirty six bidders. Wow. Several of which were bidding well above seven thousand, eight thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah, completely bananas. I mean that is a world famous dump truck though.
2: <laughs> I mean like, it...
1: that thing's literally been seen by billions billions.
2: Literally those videos are so funny. Like you walking down the street with what do you call mm. them booty guards and they're just yeah like... that's what somebody
1: on the internet said that's how they described them i i didn't even realize that at first i was like that is genius <laughs> whoever came up with that
2: was there like a point you were just like i'm just going to put stuff in my butt and walk around with bodyguards how did that yeah work? i mean
0: the phrasing for that question
2: yeah
1: i mean <laughs> i don't even remember how i came up with the idea people have done that before They've gone out with fake security guards, you know, that's not a new thing, but uh, no one's ever had a huge dump truck. So I just, I had other success with, with dump truck videos. And I was like, let me just make a video where I'm, I have the dump truck and I'm, being protected as like a new you know
0: there's definitely a collaborative opportunity with you and kim kardashian i yeah i know
1: i don't think her she's got agents who would not let me within 100 yards of her for sure so but i i wonder i lay awake at night wondering if she has seen like one or two of the videos like i gotta believe that one of her friends one or two of her friends that's on tiktok has seen it seen one or two and shared it with her sent it straight to her phone for i mean i gotta believe that that's happened
0: Maybe this is how we get in front of her. I think this podcast recording, when we put this into the the internet, maybe the internet could get this over to her to let her know that you're looking to collaborate.
1: Yeah, I mean,
2: everyone's had Kim K. <laughs> people
1: would on the internet would lose their minds if that happens. Like that'd be the ultimate because because right now I'm like the lost Kardashian, Jim. I'm like the I'm like the disowned brother. Disowned, just walking around caked up, uh, uh, long lost brother that, that nobody knew existed till a year and four months ago. So
0: this is the start to the launch of the campaign to get Kim Kardashian to collaborate with Frankie mm-hmm. LaPena with his security guards. And I think, I, I mean, what should it be? What would the mm. collaboration be? I think mm. it should be an ass off.
1: It would probably, <laughs> yeah, that'd probably be like a part two. I think the initial video would probably be... Uh, either I, I like ran into, it would have to be staged. Like I ran into her in public and there's like, like you said, a standoff with our like security guard beef, or also it'd be like a reuniting video where it's like, it's like, hi, Jim, like you're my little brother. And she like gives me a hug or something, or somehow our butts collide. And there's, uh, there's like carnage and it's just total chaos. Cause, uh, we both waddle around the place. So
0: I'm imagining like a pulley system, like you're walking down the sidewalk and then your feet just can't go any more forward and you're just getting dragged backwards and there's a magnetic connection.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's infinite (laughs) video collab possibilities. Yeah. People would absolutely lose their minds.
0: So in, in all seriousness, on the note. You know of creative ideas do you feel a bit of pressure now that you've had so much success with some of these approaches that you've taken how do i maintain that success how do i come up with the next funny idea do you have um one a stress around that and two do you have a process to how you come up with your ideas
1: yeah i am definitely every time that i complete a video post it and it's doing really well i'm immediately thinking about okay great what's the next thing what's the next video what's the next concept because it, does, like, it doesn't matter if you, if you make one or two or a dozen or even a couple dozen, you got to keep them coming. And that's one thing that's definitely been stressing me out is uh, I doubt myself more than I should because I've kept it going a lot longer than I believed I could. Um, my analytics are at an all-time high right now and it's a lot of people taper off after a, like a, a short, quick, hot run of viral videos. It's really tough to keep them coming, to keep coming up with ideas that are somewhat original. There's no such thing as originality anymore, but like original to a degree. It is tough to keep coming up with constant bangers and coordinating them too, since my TikToks are like little micro productions. They're not just an iPhone and a ring light. There's like actors, there's costumes, there's editing, there's microphones, there's lighting, there's all this coordinating logistics, getting permission. There is, uh, they're little micro productions, and to like keep facilitating those every couple times, few times every week, is tough. And then to also be sprinkling in brand deals, but I love the challenge, and it's it's like a good pressure, a good stress that's hovering around me to keep them coming. Because if the analytics keep going up how they are, it's I mean it's completely bonkers. Like the past few months, the performance on my channel is like. The grid looks like Charlie D'Amelio's. Like, there's three videos that did over 50 million views. Crazy. That's completely, yeah, completely outrageous on TikTok. Like, to be getting back to back videos that are hitting right around 50 million views, 20 million views, 20 million views, is uh, that's big time.
0: So, what is your creative process to coming up with some of these ideas?
1: It's very informal. I'm putting <laughs> ideas when they come into my head throughout the day in my notes on my iPhone. I don't ever sit down and brainstorm. I don't ever talk to anybody. I come up with all my own ideas and put them in my notes. And then when I'm ready to knock out one of the concepts in my notes, I start coordinating it and planning it and texting people and asking if they're available. And if I need to get inside of an establishment and go there and ask permission to be there and whatnot. But it's very informal. It's very spontaneous and uh, quick, I guess. <laughs> It's, it's not anything elaborate. It's the ideas come to me throughout the day. Uh, when I'm in the shower, when I make coffee, when I'm driving, when I'm listening to a song, Mm -hmm. it's completely random. I'm like the worst time to come up with an idea is if you sit down and try to think of an idea, it's not going to happen.
0: And I remember you once saying that if the idea doesn't make you laugh, then you don't, you don't share it.
1: Yeah. If I'm not super confident in the concept or the video idea. I won't shoot the video and I won't make it. And if it doesn't turn out, if I do shoot it and it doesn't turn out how I want it, then I also won't post it. So like I have very, and then you can see that on my my grid, if you go and look at all my videos, my an average post on my TikTok channel does 10.1 million views, just over 10 million views, which like is relatively high. So, I'm not posting anything unless I'm confident that that thing's going to perform well. So, a lot of people just post a post, and I do not believe in that. I think quality over quantity is the way to go. So, would you consider yourself a creator,
0: a comedian, a filmmaker, all of the above? Do you identify with any of those?
1: I would say a creator. I wouldn't say comedian. I don't think that's. Comedians like strictly stand up comedy, right?
0: Not necessarily. No. I mean, because the, the theme of all the content you post is around humor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, that's, tip. I mean, it depends. People would define it differently.
1: Yeah. I mean, a creator, as of recently, an influencer, and I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd say filmmaker, because filmmaker uh, would indicate that I'm making feature length films, right?
0: Also, not necessarily. It depends how you define it.
1: Yeah, I'd say. You know, influencer, creator, filmmaker then.
0: Did you, is this how you saw your career going? Is this something that was a dream of yours? Or was this something that just happened and you're like, I'm going to run with it and I like doing it?
1: Yes. No, none of this was premeditated. It was something that fell into my lap. And once it fell in my lap and the views were really coming in, performance was really high, I ran with it. Which You know, I think as a lot of the uh, the, that's the case with a lot of influencers. They don't, you can't plan this. You don't know if it's gonna, things are gonna pop off. It just does. So, if this hadn't had happened, did you have
0: specific goals in the area of filmmaking and creating before this, or were you just kind of running with it and working at the creative agency, and it was just gonna Mm. go where it was gonna go?
1: Yeah, I mean my. Plan initially was absolutely not supposed to be, I was not going to be a TikToker or an influencer. It just happened. My, my regular uh, like orthodox plan was to continue doing corporate video work at LaunchKit with website videos, header videos, uh, real estate videos, and whatnot. More formal type of video content, uh, video agency content rather than short form. That was the plan.
2: I mean, that's that's really awesome. And it's crazy that, I mean, you've worked with really big brands like mm-hmm. the NFL. You also have a deal with Xfinity coming up. How does that process go? Do they reach out to you? Do you reach out to them? Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. For the NFL, they uh, reached out to me via direct message on Instagram and said, love your videos. We want to do one with you. And I was super pumped. I was, I was like, yes, <laughs> absolutely. I would like to do that. Uh, Xfinity Xfinity goes to marketing agencies, and then the marketing marketing agency will reach out to me on Xfinity's behalf. Just email me and say, here's the creative brief. We hop on a call, a discovery call, go through the scope of the project. If you're interested, talk budget, talk uh, logistics. And then uh, the Xfinity campaign's actually already started. It's a three-video campaign I'm doing with them. And uh, one of them I've already posted is the hashtag definitely not watching basketball. And it was very on par with my green screen virtual call series. Since the whole concept of this, this Xfinity campaign is hashtag definitely not watching basketball. So you're supposed to be, you're supposed to have multiple monitors. You're supposed to be doing your taxes and watching the game and on a virtual call and reading a virtual book. And you're supposed to be super occupied and you're supposed to definitely not be watching basketball, which is um, it's right on par for my my work, my virtual green screen work call series, since I'm I'm somewhat paying attention, but I'm also doing something else. So that was really nice. The Xfinity campaign fit right into my my brand, my image and what I'm doing. A lot of times that's not the case, and the brand will be something completely unrelated to what I'm doing, like a an energy drink or a pair of pants Mm -hmm. or like a stove or a utensil (laughs) and then that's the game that everybody plays right it's performance and keeping it clean and uh doing it in a, a timely manner you know so as you're
0: doing this are you essentially just building a business around it where all of a sudden now you have a a creative agency that's like your manager your figuring out team members that you need to have, you're coordinating with people that need to start posting the content because you can't do everything. It's literally impossible. So are you essentially um, working to cope with the scale of this business while building a team around it while making new content? Is that essentially what's going on?
1: Yes. So I'm in the process right now of signing with a management company. I'm starting to like formalize and professionalize the whole process since in the beginning, it was just a one-man team, it was just Kevin and I, it was like kind of a two-man team, but essentially a one-man team, you know, and I was doing all the hustling and making all the things happen myself, which is pretty much the case for any field you're going into. If you're trying to start something from the ground up, you're kind of doing all the jobs at once. So that's what I was doing, and now I'm at a point where it's become too overwhelming, and there's too many emails to respond to, there's too many logistics to handle, and I'm assembling a team right now. I have two videographers now that are kind of like interns. I actually have one of the contracts right here for one of my um, uh, uh, agencies that I'm speaking to, to, to bring on management. So I'm forming a team and formalizing the process. I think this is where a lot of influencers slip up is they know how to make videos. They know how to get really good user engagement and views, but they don't have the business mindset and I don't have the business mindset. I know how to come up with the ideas and make the videos happen and edit the videos, but I don't know anything about business and I'm getting, I'm seeking help and assembling a team with people who can help me do that.
0: Wow. So you're essentially surrounding yourself with people that fill in the blanks for you while you essentially Mm -hmm. keep on doing what you're good at. Yeah. How does this all feel for you? Does it feel surreal? Is this? Is there a way that you can describe the change Mm -hmm. in your life from what it was like a year and a half ago to what it is now?
1: Yeah, I think in the beginning when I was like the first few months, four months of making the TikToks, reels and shorts, it was like a total adrenaline rush. I was like, oh my gosh, look at all the attention that I'm getting. Look at all these views this is crazy i'm reaching so many people and it was like i was like on like a natural high like a dopamine high and um it's not the same now like i'll get a a video that'll do 50 million views and i won't get that adrenaline rush or won't get that dopamine hit anymore so i've kind of become numb to it or accustomed to it or just used to it like i mentioned before yeah there's this lingering burden of okay i'm in it i'm doing it the performance is really high videos are doing really well how do i keep it going Mm -hmm you know cuz no one's telling me what to do i need to do it myself no one's giving me the ideas i have to come up with them myself so mm-hmm. how can i how can i keep doing that and and making uh, satisfying my viewers and making sure they're not getting bored you know so it's tough
0: well, I will tell you, if you do end up doing the everything that can go wrong during a, a video recording, yeah. I have another piece to add for you. This guy who just came in here and messed with the air made it, like, freezing cold. So I've been sitting nice. here, like, incrementally feeling nice. the temperature just, like, drop in here during the call. And now, like, nice. it's, like, shut off, so it's tapered off. But it's been – the this has just been a brutal environment for- <laughs>
1: That's hilarious. <laughs> for this entire He's testing you. Um, He's testing. So,
0: so as a as a creator, obviously, right now you're you're moving with the flow. You're moving with the content and the partnerships that are coming from the theme of content that you're doing. But do you have a vision for doing something outside of this? Is there other types of content you like to create? For instance, would you like to make a feature mm-hmm. film one day? Would you like to work on a TV series? Um, or you're just rolling with it.
1: Yeah, I don't want to be a TikToker for more than a couple years from now, I think. I mean, I can't imagine that I'd still be popping off and really hot two years from now. Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, a lot of the TikTok careers are very short-lived, and it's not a sustainable route, in my opinion, unless you're one of the top, top, like, 0.01, 0.001 percenters on TikTok. Uh, I want to pivot in a couple years or a year to do something... Whether it be a uh, acting and like a television series or movie, I've always wanted to try acting. I haven't tried yet. I mean, I've been doing little micro acts in my TikToks, right? Totally different thing. But people say you either got it or you don't. So I'd love to try an acting role in some sort of television series or a uh, feature film. Uh, I also want to potentially go into writing my own series of commercials. Around the concept of the green screen work call series. Just similar to um you ever seen the commercials for uh is it not Geico? Allstate? Flow with Allstate? Yeah, no Allstate
0: commercial, yeah. Okay. yeah.
1: Those funny commercials that like there's a whole series of her doing her thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh that's something that I've thought about is like that could be a whole I could do my thing for a whole series of The virtual work green screen series and uh, write a bunch of scripts with funny, clean corporate dialogue and associate it with, or like kind of sell the concept, sell out to a whether it be insurance or you name it, Mm -hmm. commercial series. There's a lot of different areas, or I could just go the marketing route, you know, and uh, because like I have the ultimate marketing resume if I wanted to go like the safe route. Like when I was, when I did the video for the NFL, the Justin, the guy there, he uh, offered me. He's like, "You want to come work for us in the marketing department?" And I was like, "Oh, that sounds awesome!" Actually, so there's also a, a fantastic resume that I have. If I wanted to go that safe, clean corporate route,
0: has there been any notable people that has been on your radar that has reshared your content outside of you know the partnerships and the people that we spoke about, where you said, "Wow, that's crazy."
1: One big, really exciting thing that. Happened was three of my videos are going to be. It's actually this month they're airing on MTV's Ridiculousness, wow. and I've been watching Rob Deerdick since uh, I was like eleven or twelve years old. He's another big inspiration. Freaking uh, Rob and Big was one of one of my, if not my, if not my favorite TV shows. And then he did Fantasy Factory, and now he's doing Ridiculousness. So I've been watching the whole way since like since childhood and to have three of my videos being uh, featured on there. And I can't wait to hear his critique and what he says and if he laughs at it and what happens. Uh, <laughs> so that's really, really crazy when they reached out. They literally just sent me a, a DM on Instagram too. It's funny how they reached out to these people.
2: When is that airing?
1: Um, I'd have to check. It's, it's sometime in April. They keep changing the dates. It's super all over the place, but uh, sometime this month.
0: It is funny how they reach out. Like... There, you wouldn't yeah. think that the NFL would send you a DM. You'd think that there's mm-hmm. some really formal approach, but it's yeah. not simple. They just DM you. Yeah,
1: which if someone were to try to, someone were to try to DM me on TikTok, would be complete. N- I, I, can't even read the messages on there. There's probably over a hundred thousand in my inbox. I can't keep, I can't keep track of or sift through. Oh. Any, anybody that's trying to reach out to me through TikTok messages is, it's going to be hopeless.
2: So they should reach out to you on Instagram.
1: Yeah, even that's getting a little ridiculous, and I can't sift through those either, so. But it'll bring verified accounts like that to the top of my inbox and won't shove them down from what I've seen so far.
2: Yeah. I mean, so your entire TikTok and Instagram and YouTube career now has been kind of a surprise, but if there are creators who Mm -hmm. want to become big like you are, what advice would you give them starting out and Mm -hmm. creating their content?
1: Um... The first thing they should do, well, it depends on how much like video experience they have, uh, if they can use editing software or not, if they're filming it on an iPhone. iPhones are really good now. Like I'm about to sell a couple of my DSLRs and start shooting all my videos on an iPhone because the quality on them is unbelievable, the new, new ones, but I would suggest that... They should keep their videos as short as possible on TikTok, at least in the beginning, like try to keep it under 15 seconds if you can. I mean, the sweet spot for me is like nine to 12 seconds is what I like to keep my videos around for performance. The algorithm favors short videos. It can pump them out quicker. They should use embedded trending sounds that are, that are trending on the app for performance reasons also. They should do some YouTube university studying. If they don't know how to do a specific thing with editing a video, they don't know how to do slow-mo, they don't know how to do a time-lapse, or if they just want to figure out how to use iMovie, because there's some things you can't, the TikTok editing, embedded TikTok editing, like software that they have for the app is not the best and it's super confusing. So they should do some YouTube university studying. You can figure out everything learn everything on youtube they should do that and they should study what's what's trending on that app go through for a month and just watch tiktoks i'm sure most people have already done that but figure out what's working and kind of get an idea for uh what people are into so
0: a lot of your videos are sometimes kind of dangerous like you're on a jet Mm. ski or in a car or something peculiar is going on you're on a water ski Have you ever had any dangerous near death experiences or injuries that have come up during it? How do you account for some of those safety measures?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've been jumping stuff. Like I mentioned earlier in this podcast since I was 12 and my role models were all the guys from Jackass and Nitro Circus and uh, uh, Tosh.0 and all these dangerous shows. That's what I was into as a kid. So, I've been doing sketchy stuff since I was really young and I don't know at what point you become a certified professional or a stuntman but in the beginning all my TikToks were getting flagged for being dangerous and over time they stopped flagging me so maybe I'm like I'm seen as a uh, uh, trained professional right because how do you get that title Right. Um, if I've done a dozen jumps am my trained professional or is it two dozen, you know, so I've I've never really gotten hurt because I'm good at jumping stuff. Knock on wood. But uh, when I was doing the skydive work call, skydive virtual zoom call, um, I did two jumps and on the second jump, the chute kind of deployed quick or something got funky and uh, my back really hurt for like two weeks. I was bottling around the place in pain, but it went away. I never ended up going to the hospital or anything. I make sure to stay in shape and I go to the gym six days a week and lift heavy weights to prevent myself or lessen the possibility of injury, which has worked to a degree. But no, I've never gotten uh, injured bad.
2: Knock on wood. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, so. As we kind of get closer to the hour, we do this round called rapid fire, where we ask a few fun questions. Um, so we're going to head into that. And the first one is, what's the most outrageous request you've received from a brand or someone on set?
1: Mm. <laughs> um, from a brand or from a, like a follower?
2: Could be a follower too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um... I don't even know if I should say this.
0: You gotta, Um, you gotta say it now.
1: It was pretty early on too. It was in one of my, my green screen virtual call videos. I forget how this kid worded it. Something along the lines of, (laughs) something along the lines of this guy's the man. He's awesome. So much so that I want him to sleep with my girlfriend. I would ask him to get with my girl. That's something along those lines. (laughs) Completely outrageous. I forget. Exactly the wording, but he was like inviting me actively, telling me to hook up with his girl because he liked my video that much. <laughs> um, one really funny thing that happened with the Ravens NFL uh, green screen virtual hall video was, I was talking to the creative director at the NFL, some, something high up in the marketing department at the NFL. I was asking him, because I was eating a hot dog on the call, right? And I had to ask him whether or not I could open my mouth and scream words with chewed food in my mouth. He paused, and he was like, I can't believe in my professional career I asked this question. I have to answer this question. This is completely absurd. (laughs) And I I was giggling about that for a while. I was like, yeah, this is outrageous. We're sitting here determining whether or not I can say words with chewed food in my mouth on this video. So that was...
2: What was the result? What was the answer? He was
1: like, yes, it's fine. <laughs> he, had to, he had to think about it for a minute. And it was, it was pretty gross. It's probably gross to some people.
2: Well, this next question, I think, kind of overlaps with what we just talked about. But what's the weirdest DM you've ever received?
1: <laughs> I've received a lot of sauce DMs. Um, I'd have to go through my phone. I mean... A lot of them. I've pretty much given up on trying trying to read DMs because they're either complete nonsense, and or there's just too many of them. I mean, when I sold the dump truck recently, people were asking if it came with a hole in it, <laughs> or if if it came with a warranty. And they were also asking me. They're like, "We want you to sell it used. We want the stank." I was like, "Holy shit!" This is, that was like the top comment. <laughs> oh people are always commenting, it's hard to watch this video with one hand. <laughs>
0: oh my super god. super sauce.
1: just completely outrageous stuff. <laughs> wow. Uh,
2: wow.
1: Yeah, I mean, people are ruthless on, I mean, I laugh at comments, I'm laughing at them, but they're completely outrageous.
2: I mean, if you're having a bad day, just go through your DMs, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, the DMs are, the comments on the videos are usually a lot more funny than DMs. DMs get like creepy and and very out of control. Wow.
2: Okay. Well last last question here. What is the motto that you live by?
1: Who I don't even think I have a motto. I would say I went from graduating from Grand Valley in April of twenty twenty one in October of twenty twenty one. I was making a super mega viral hit video for the NFL and didn't, that was never a part of a plan. That was never part of a premeditated thing. It happened just from me posting some videos on TikTok. So I would urge everyone watching this to believe themselves and realize that that's possible because they're probably sitting in the same shoes I was or they're thinking about taking a risk or they haven't taken it yet. And I want to tell them that it's absolutely possible and that they should believe in themselves and go for it. Well, Frankie, it's been such a privilege getting to speak
0: with you. And thank you to our incredible audience for tuning in. To contact Frankie, you can DM him on Instagram (laughs) (laughs) at Frankie Lab. Uh, However, uh, maybe give him a break. Uh, It seems like he has enough of those coming in. But thank you so much, man, for being on. Thank you for having me. This was a blast.
2: Thank you again, everyone, for tuning in to the Film Up podcast. I'm your host, Christina.
0: And I'm Aryeh. Stay tuned for our next episode, dropping every Tuesday. Till next time.